This is a Hot Pie Media Original. This episode of the Inhumane Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So, is there anything that is preventing you from achieving your goals? Anything at all? Is there a reason that you seem like you're in Stuckville and you just can't move forward? Well, BetterHelp is here to assess your needs and really match you with your own licensed professional therapist. I love that you're able to chat with them within 48 hours and it's not a crisis line. It's not for self-help. It really is just professional therapy and you can do this securely online. The services are available no matter your time zone and you can log into your account anytime and send your message to your therapist. It's like having them on speed dial. You can even schedule a weekly video or phone session, and you never have to sit and wait in a lobby. BetterHelp is really committed to, you know, facilitating those great therapeutic matches, and they make it super easy and free to change therapists if you need to do so. I know with a lot of the service providers of anti-human trafficking organizations and people like you who are listening to this could have some vicarious trauma and the therapists they see don't normally allow them to move back and forth. And so here you're able to change therapists if you need to do so, um, so that you find a better fit. Now, BetterHelp really wants you to start living a happier life today. So please visit their website, betterhelp.com. And because they're doing such a great job, you can join over a million people who have taken charge of their own mental health and with the help of an experienced professional. And so we have an actual special offer for you today for all of the Inhumane podcast listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash inhumane. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Inhumane Podcast, a Hot Pie Media original. We are going to dig a little bit deeper with Lisa and her walk through her own personal freedom through her book, Unlikely Warrior. Um, as she mentioned, gosh, she just has so much to to share and and to tell. And I just need you to to join us because you're not going to regret it. Um, also, they're doing something amazing with uh, Lillian Company, and that is a great surprise and a great entry point for y'all to be advocates. So join us for part two. I'd love, and I'm uh, congratulations on authoring, publishing, and actually launching The Unlikely Warrior. Um, yeah. I know we had been anticipating that the first time we were going to get you on the show. And so yeah. we were like, Ooh, we'll just have a part two when it's ready to, you know, ready to actually come out. And now it's here and it's out. Yeah. Um, so tell us, what is it, you know, tell the audience, what is it, uh, what is it about and the inspiration, which I think they can guess, but the inspiration and what you're most proud of about it. Okay. Yeah. It's funny. I don't have a book sitting in front of me. I forgot. So this is the cover. <laughs> I know. I love the sword, by the way, when that, when you showed the first picture of that on social media, I went, whoa, that yeah, that's, is powerful. That's my husband's great grandfather's sword from World War II. That was really cool. I was like, I need a sword and for my cover. So that was really a, a neat experience to use that sword as well. Um, I wrote my book because that woman that spoke and told her story of sexual abuse 
at 28 years old, when I was 28, I look at where I am today. And if she hadn't spoke up, I wouldn't have self-identified. I wouldn't have gotten into counseling and gone on my healing journey. And I wouldn't be the woman I am today. So I have, and I have inspired thousands of women every time I speak, every time, everything that I'm doing. And so I, it was like a running joke, you know, Lisa, where's your book? Where's your book? And I'm like, oh yeah, about that. (laughs) And so finally, when the pandemic happened, I'm like, you know what? I actually have some downtime. I think I can make a goal out of this and make something good come out of a really hard season. Um, I ended up losing my father during the pandemic too, which was really super tough, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have something good's going to come out of this. So uh, the book is to help women identify with what happened to them. Um, Very important. I go through, um, you know, my story and each part of my story, I share different ways of like toxic shame, what it looks like. Could you possibly be experiencing toxic shame in your life right now and how to, you know, work on some of that. I'm in the middle of building my workbook to go along with the book as well. So it can be used in juvenile and um, the jails and any kind of victim services, because I believe that this is a really great tool for victims and survivors. Um, I had women reach out to me in the last week and a half that have said, I felt like for the very first time, that somebody understood me and that somebody knew my experiences. And I've never heard, like, I felt like I was sitting in the living room with you and that you were sharing these things that happened to me, but I haven't been able to express them. And I felt like I instantly bonded with you because I felt like you understand me. You get me like, you know, I'm not crazy. I'm not, I didn't, you know, these things did happen and they are real. They're true. They do have, you know, so it's, it was just incredible to hear that. Although I know that that day for that person is, is not only a heartbreaking day and a hard day to accept the truth, Mm -hmm. but also it's a day of freedom. It's a day of saying, cause they don't understand like that day is the catapult of where they're going. That's yeah. going to be where they're going is there. That's the healing journey that has started for them. So it's exciting. So that's why I wrote the book is to just share and um, help other women identify. Oh, and I think for, you know, for our audience and I, and I thank you personally for, for writing that book because you see that when you work with right survivors, um, self-identifying is so challenging for them. And then, then maybe they acknowledge it, but to me, and and I don't know if it's, it's the same in your experience to me, toxic shame is the number one, um, you know, uh, hurdle. It's the number mm-hmm. one thing for, for them to really get over, um, or to work through for them to get to that other side. Um, because yeah. they're here and they know it and they're like, yes, I want to do it. But then that shame just keeps popping up and popping up and it prevents them from moving forward or jumping over it or, you know, for that next chapter in their life. And and I think a lot of it is because they don't have the words to really articulate and and say, OK, yes, that's exactly how I've been feeling. I just didn't know how to say it. I didn't know. Um, which words to use because you're talking about emotions and and thoughts of the past and everything that goes along with it, that it's all jumbled up, 
right? And timelines that are all crazy and just scattered. And so they just can't find it. And so like you Mm -hmm. stated, this woman is saying, oh my gosh, it's like you were right there with me. And that's exactly how I felt. And and we've shared this many times is not all stories, not all individuals who've experienced this obviously have the same story. Um, They're all different. Yet there's similarities, right? And so right. you're able to connect then and they're able to connect with you and they're able to connect you through you with a with now this book. Um, and I love and I can't wait for the workbook to come out because now what you just did is you just armed an army to go out there and to be able to connect with these individuals using this book and this workbook and every yeah. victim service that and you and I have talked about this before as well is we have to find ways to duplicate. And um, when you just had NSA girls at the time, I was like, Lisa, my company's ready if you want to uh, create a curriculum for it, right? So that it can just spread throughout yes. the nation, throughout the world, right? Because here on this podcast, we have um, international listeners and they're always asking, what can mm-hmm. I do as well as how can I duplicate? And that's what we talk about is duplicate what this person's doing. And you yeah. just tweak it to your demographic. You just tweak it to your legislation. You just tweak it to whatever is going on in your in your space. But yeah. do what they're do what they're doing because yeah, that get out there and do something. That's yeah. right. Do something. Cause I I I hear it and I feel it. And I get so many people, um, they're just like, what else can we do? And that's why our action items are so tiny. Because we mm-hmm. want them to, like I said, sustainable. We want it. Mm-hmm. We want them to be in the fight for the long haul, and yeah. you know, not for the for the short term. So, how can everyone find your book? Um, you can go to alisamichelle.org, and that will send you to our initiatives to my book. And you can also go on Amazon and buy it on Amazon, especially international or Kindle um, purchasers. Okay. So lisamichelle.org. That'll send you to everything of mine. And at Healing the Exploited is my Instagram and Facebook. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely put that uh, up on ours because it's, uh, I can't wait to read it myself. Um, It has been a time coming. So I I can't congratulate you enough and thank you enough because if you're already getting these kinds of reviews and now with all the nonprofits that we interact with and things of that nature, it's like, this is a tool. This is a tool for you to use um, and you can use it now. You don't even have to use the workbook. At least get started in just the reading it, right? Um, yeah. So I'm so I'm so excited to get my hands on it myself. Um, and then, is there anything else you wanted to mention about the book before I ask you this next question? Um, just that I've had counselors and I've had safe homes and um, reach out to me and they want to start, you know, using the book, like having it there for if they have a sexual assault victim come in or trafficking exploitation. They want to have that as a first resource for a book to give away to their clients and to give to the girls coming into the safe houses and all of that. So it's very exciting to yeah. be able to, because it's, I wrote it in a way, and I keep hearing this from the readers as well, that it's not super triggering because mm. a lot of books from survivors are super triggering and I've, I've read them. I've had to put them down, come back to it. Um, and thank, 
thankful for my publisher. She was really good about that because of course, you know, I had all kinds of great stories to put in there, but she's like, okay, we need to not traumatize your audience. So it was written in such a beautiful way that um, it's able to help people really just understand and learn how to cope and learn how to understand what they're going through. So that's just like another, uh, again, I, I just really feel that God has a hand on you and and what you and your group are doing in the sense of to not be so invasive, right? Because it's just yeah. like anything else. If I'm breathing down your throat, how are mm-hmm. you actually going to be receptive? Because I don't know what you're going through, right? Yeah. And to prevent those triggers, as well as to prevent the triggers from, you know, an audience where they have no experience about exploitation or sexual abuse or human trafficking, but we want them to come and be part of this fight. But they're just like, I, I can't handle that. That that's just too much. So now I'm, I'm, I I just can't, it's just because, right. I'm sure like I get asked all the time, how do you sleep at night? I'm like, well, I'm a sissy when it comes to horror movies and scare. Like I can't watch any of those like at all yet. Mm -hmm. I can spend time with these women and, um, and not cry in front of them, right? But just give empathy and 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 allow them to share whatever it is that they want to share. And same thing of, I, I want nothing from you. I want you to have the best life that you can totally have. And whatever you need me for, that's what we'll be there for. And so we always have to pay attention to the audience and the audience we want to get. So I'm, now that you said that, we're definitely going to share this with the rest of our nonprofits um, because, right, even we know a big piece for me is the foster care kids and the foster care sector. And oh my gosh, what they could probably do with that book. Yeah. Um, it, uh, just even on the prevention side, to be honest with you, right? Yeah. Um, yep. So very, very, very eager to get my sticky little hands on on that book <laughs> so that we can start reading. And then we'll have you back for another segment um, and probably talk about a few, maybe a few pieces, a few chapters in there sure. that I think would be great for, you know, for our audience. Um, yeah. So that's one thing, but it looks like you're also doing some other social enterprise, which that is my favorite of connecting nonprofit with maybe for profit with Lillian Co. Yeah. Um, so please tell us what is going on with Lillian Co. What 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 is this, and how can we support that way? Yeah, um, you know what's inspiring is yesterday we had an event for Kendra Scott. Okay. Well, Kendra Scott had the event for us and gave uh-huh. back to us. And I was in that moment yesterday sitting there with, you know, our whole team and, and um, girls that were just everybody in there supporting the organization, and everything. And we make jewelry. So that's Lillian Company makes jewelry. I'm also an esthetician. So um, I have skincare as well. But sitting in that moment inside of Kendra Scott's store and just seeing how much she celebrates others and she's giving back and all that. It was so inspiring to me. And to know how much we sold that day as well really inspired me because we are doing something with this social enterprise. I mean, I felt like, holy mackerel, where's our (laughs) store? We need our own store. Like this is not funny anymore. We're we're, like, it's exciting. Yeah. So the girls, when we meet with them and then um, we're actually going to build an advocacy center in San Antonio, somebody has donated the land to us and we have the funding 
to build the shell of it, but we're, we're working on the funding to get it completed right now. Once we have that advocacy center, that'll be our centralized place for all of our services. And um, that'll be a place where we can continue to make our goods, but even on a, a much bigger scale. So the girls make bracelets and jewelry and they're constantly making things and then they get a cut of it as well. So we have a long way to go with our social enterprise, but we're very excited that we are where we are at and that I never gave up on that because running a for-profit and a nonprofit is a big job. <laughs> yes, it is all day long. Yes, it is. Yeah. But I so, love the social enterprise because that feeds into the nonprofit, right? And the services that you, you know, you, you are continue to grow. And I feel yeah. that nonprofits don't have to um, sell their soul because they're right. trying to look for money. And I mean, I've been a part of a, a socialpreneur for a really long time. And I'm like, we can merge the two. And and I think ever since the pandemic, I've talked to a lot more individuals who are a lot more open to it before. They're like, no, 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 it has to be nonprofit only. Can't merge anything else. It gets sticky. And I'm like, no, it's sticky now. <laughs> it's sticky <laughs> now because, yeah. um, and, and we know, and that's sometimes why the public, um, is hesitant to give money because they don't see the transparency, right? Or um, right. something comes out later or whatever the case may be. So, yeah. um, so, and also the public, there's a misconception of, oh, let me only trust the big ones. I'm like, that's where all the money is wasted. <laughs> you need to go to the little ones. You know, honestly, <laughs> say that a little bit louder yeah, exactly. for people in the back, because seriously, it is crazy having a survivor led nonprofit and seeing yes. the millions go to these. I mean, they're great organizations. They're doing great work. Gosh, if even they could give a cut to organizations right. like ours. Oh, my goodness. What I mean, they could, could be changed because we're boots on the ground. That's right. We're doing the hard, hard work that yeah. I don't see other organizations doing. Mm -hmm. They are not blood, sweat, and tears. That's I right. mean, yeah, they're starting to build those type of programs, but from the beginning, they weren't in That's those right. spaces mm -hmm. at all, or they're pulling in other organizations to work with them now on that level. But survivor-led organizations need the kind of support that we're seeing the really large organizations get. And it's really exciting too. I've seen some really um, big influencers that are starting to follow me and to ask questions and be curious and all of that. And they know it's hard to trust somebody that, you know, it's like I'm survivor led and you don't know me yet. And mm -hmm. let's get to know each other yeah. because we have an incredible reputation and we need people like that for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, that is, um, you know, one, one piece of the inhumane podcast was always, Hey, we have to highlight, we have to talk, we have to partner with, um, smaller to mid-sized nonprofits because I don't, we don't need to touch the big ones. We need to touch yeah. the little and the mid because they are. It's that blood, sweat, and tears. And it it it's your blood, sweat, and tears. It's your mentors. It's your counselors. It's all these people who want to be and are fighting to prevent, yeah. eradicate, right, restore. And there is no roadmap for that. Right. <laughs> there is no yeah. roadmap for this. Um, and you're still talking about a fairly new topic, if you will. Because we know human yeah. trap that that term was not around ten years ago ish, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's still new, and too many people still don't know about it. They know about domestic violence, like I was saying earlier, 
They know about sexual abuse, the, the terminology, and they know yeah. how to identify. This is the area that people still can't identify. They can't identify that and can't comprehend the strip club and the, you know, illicit massages. Just They just can't. So that just tells you how much work we have to do. And I think with Lillian Company that um, I love that you were obviously giving a percentage to uh, the survivors who are making it, right? And seeing that- Yeah, to safe houses that we partner with. To safe houses? Okay. Uh, Thank you for that clarification. And I think that's the other thing is we have such a large generation that is all about, oh, I bought this because, you know, it's sustainable- and it's from, you know, a woman in Africa or a tribe or what have you in Peru. And those are wonderful. But we're also doing that here. <laughs> you can exactly. you can do both. You know, you can um, it, like what is the the most expensive thing that y'all sell? Oh, do my you know? goodness. A, a good question. I think like forty eight dollars for our warrior yeah. necklace. Yeah. So there you go. I can spend 48 bucks over here with Lillian company and then I can spend, you know, the other 30, uh, for a tribe that I love in in Africa. It's the same thing, but I think also with our, just kind of with our culture and our pop culture is you're more of a humanitarian if you do it abroad. Right. <laughs> then if you do it in your own backyard, you know, right. and, and I know I get flack for that, but I'm like, guys, we literally could do both and we should clean up our backyard yeah. first or at least simultaneously. Let's just do it simultaneously. Well, we're doing it simultaneously. Yeah. So one of our partners is in Tanzania there and they have 48 women that are living in their safe homes. So they make the kimonos that we put in our freedom yeah. boxes. So we're, we're doing it globally as well. And I love that. So we're doing it right here in our backyard. Plus we're doing it in Africa as well. So, you. you know, and you can do that too. You yes, know, you, that's it what doesn't I'm have to. Yeah. yeah. We don't have to pick one or the other. And with the, the income that you have that you're spending anyway, you can spread mm-hmm. the, you know, spread the wealth. And to me, that is like a, if you want to label yourself a humanitarian, I'm like, well, to me, that's both cleaning up the backyard, cleaning up abroad so that it is a better world altogether, right? Not just yeah. certain parts of the world. Um, so I'm so excited about that. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even tell you. This episode of the Inhumane Podcast is brought to you by Canopy.us. Now, I know you've heard me talk a lot about the dangers of online in our world today. So I'm here to tell you about a few tips that can help protect your kids online from porn and sexting. I highly recommend, of course, to use parental controls on all of your family's devices. But the truth is that the average age of exposure to porn is 11 years old, and one in four kids have received a sext and one in seven have actually sent one. So that's why Canopy is such an important app to install on your kids' devices. Canopy actually helps prevent the exposure to porn before it happens. They use their technology actually filters images and videos in milliseconds. And when Canopy detects a nude or lingerie-esque image, it's saved to your child's devices. It will give them the option to delete or send to you for approval. That's like a lot of checks and balances. So you can try Canopy for today by using the code INHUMANE and check out for 30 days free and 20% off for life at canopy.us. I just think the social enterprise part not only can be a model and show 
um, you know, survivors that, oh my gosh, maybe I can do this. Maybe I do want to create my own jewelry line. Maybe I do want to go create my own clothing line or whatever. You're, you're modeling something that they hadn't probably seen before. And yet, and yet the skill set, as you know, that, Mm -hmm. uh, people with, you know, lived experience and survivors, oh my gosh, they have an instinct. They have, right? Like you're talking about, they're like almost natural entrepreneurs. They just don't know it yet. That's right. That's what happened to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The more I got into this and started to really realize where my talents were, the more I started expanding and growing too. We have a meeting tomorrow with two girls that have come out of the industry and um, they're, they're related and they, I pitched the idea to them because I saw some potential in them. Um, And I pitched the idea, why don't we start your own house cleaning business Mm, and you two are the CEOs and you run it and then we'll help you put your plan together. We'll help you get your LLC. We'll help you do, you know, and just get it all set up for them and then keep micromanaging them and helping and coaching them through the whole process, making sure they're completely successful and they don't don't fall back, that they know how to manage their finances. So we're starting to do a lot of that as well. And I just love that because we want to see them be totally successful in their entrepreneurship as well. Yeah, that's right. And that's the thing you're, you're giving them skills. And I think, you know, like, for example, when I help organizations, right, develop their organization or restructure or what have you, that's one of the things with human capital. So is that you are building this learning and development, if you will, program, but it has to be holistic. You want them to be a great worker, if you will, for your organization, for your company. But what yeah. skill sets are you giving them that they can use in their personal life that will transfer yeah. over into the work and vice versa, right? Because you can't just take off your hat and be like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to be this person while I'm at work. And now right. I'm going to be this person at home. Hence, that's why you got burnout. And that's why you have um, people exactly. that are unhappy about things, because there is no flow. There is no I can be me even in the workplace. And so you're giving them these skills that. I mean, they're, they're skills that these large companies are not even doing. They're still trying to segregate if, if, if that makes sense. And here, yeah, you guys are helping them with their healing process, but you're also giving them skills that they're able to utilize. And I'm going to go back to that word and give them or phrase a sustainable life. Yes, um, because absolutely. they they need that. And uh, another reason why I support NSA girls, um, <laughs> you know, that people are like, is there anyone else? I'm like, there are. I mentioned them, but I just love everything that you guys, you know, you guys do. Um, I have one more question for you. Okay. You know, lilyncio.net is where you go to find Lily and company. Say it one more time. <laughs> Say it one more time. Lily, L-I-L-Y-N-C-O. N-C-O. Net. Okay. And we can find that like if we go to Untethered Ministries? Yes. As a whole? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, lisamichelle.org. Lisa Michelle. Okay. So if we go to Lisa Michelle as well, we'll be able to, to find yep. that. You'll gotcha. be able to find Untethered Ministries and, um, and Lily and company. Okay. And Unlikely Warrior. We got, we got yes. a ton. We got a we ton that we can find there. We got it all. We got it all. One, <laughs> one stop shop. I love that. One stop yeah. shop. Um, so 
one of the the things you know with our with our listeners and all the questions and requests that I get of how can I help, right? Yeah. Um, how can I help? And one of the things that I love to talk about is obviously burnout and how we take care of our mentors and how we take care of our advocates um, because we want them here for the long haul by their choice, right? Not just for a one and done. I'll take you for a one and done event, um, but would, would love for you to join the army, right? So what do you all do? Um, to prevent that burnout and to also, you know, I guess, love on your love on your mentors and your your staff and everyone who comes and wants to, you know, join the work and the movement that you're doing. What tell me, tell us about them, because they're just as important. Well, yeah, I mean, my team to me is critical and taking care of them and making sure that I'm constantly checking in with them and um, knowing where they're at. And, and like, we just had a team member recently that, you know, I did that with and had something going on in their personal life. And we decided together, let's take some time off. Let's get you and, you know, this other person into equine therapy. Let's take these steps. So maybe in about three months, we can reconsider you coming back to the team because you realize that, you know, when you have something traumatic happen in your family, and then you're still trying to do this work, it's too much. That's right. So that we have the capacity to do that with our team, but my team to me is so important and to take care of them emotionally, spiritually, and physically. That's part of what I do as well. It's not just, you know, the organization and the girls and all of that. It's absolutely my core team. So any conferences that we can go to, any healing modalities, any trainings, um, teaching them how to cope and making sure they have healthy um, coping skills as well. Um, Checking in with them after they've met with their mentee, because a lot of times those are heavy you know, hard appointments and making sure that they're okay. We, we have boot camp coming up in a couple of weeks and we have, we have the mentee and the advocate mm. do it. So it's, it's an incredible um, series for like six weeks, but it's great because they're both there at the same time. And we start out with what do we want to let go? from last year, what didn't work for us. And we write it all down. So, I mean, not only is the advocate, but the mentee is doing their own personal inventory. And then we walk through the process of healing during that six weeks. And it's just beautiful because it's not just the mentee that's getting mentored to and getting fed as well. And so it is a constant, it's a constant, my entire life has been like this, you know, Mm -hmm. for me personally as well. So I have my own inner circle. I have, um, beautiful mentors that are mentoring me, that are holding me accountable, that are checking in with me constantly. And if I didn't have that, then I wouldn't be able to take care of my team. Right. And then my team as well is always working with the girls. So it's this constant cycle of Mm -hmm. just making sure and checking in with each other and being really really flexible as far as do we need to take some time off? Do we need to take a step back? What can we do to help during that process of healing? And, and that's why I asked because I, (laughs) I know some of the things that you do and uh, you know, with others who, I mean, we do have a lot of people that listen that are from a smaller nonprofit or they're getting it off the ground. And this is one of the things I explain to them all the time. Um, And when I come talk to boards is, 
you have to take care of your people when they're dealing with this kind of trauma. Um, It may trigger something in their own that they didn't even know they had, um, as well as if, let's just say they have none that is severe enough for them to trigger, it's still going to affect them. And what are we doing for them? Because they're just as important as the, uh, you know, survivors and the individuals that we're trying to help get out of that life. Um, and I feel it, it's mission critical because yeah. if you lose your staff, if you lose right. your team, um, it's detrimental. The trust has been built with that group. Right. What, what do you, what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and also you and your ministry and your programs you are practicing what you preach. And yeah, that absolutely. I cannot, I cannot thank you enough for it because it has to be that bold and it has to be out there that you are not just giving, you know, trauma-informed resources or practices towards um these individuals, but also to your team. Because it's and, there. And we can I can even take that a step further too. So I myself. Please make sure that I'm, like I said, I have the accountability and the team and the mentoring as well, but I've been involved in a program for, um, I got a scholarship as a survivor to go through an equine program for a year. It's a pilot program for survivors. So I'm in it right now and I get to go out and do my own equine therapy with me and the horse and the therapist. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's a never ending process of healing from this. And especially if you're in the work, like you said, triggers are going to come up. Things are going to come up. I feel like I'm constantly peeling away the layers of healing in my life. And you just don't know what's going to hit you and when. So I love the fact that I have an organization that reached out to me and said, Hey, we'd like to offer you a scholarship for one year. I don't have to pay for counseling from a professional and that I get to be with horses, which is my absolute love of my life. And that I get to work and focus on me Mm -hmm. and take care of me. And having programs like that out there for survivors and reaching out to the survivors and survivor led CEOs is critical to helping us sustain and be sustainable in this work and not burning out with running our organizations as well. So I am, I'm just so thankful for people like that. And so thankful for organizations like that. When I can say their name, I'm not sure I have the permission yet to say it because it's a pilot program. Um, And I can even refer them over to you so they can talk more about what their program is. It's beautiful. It yeah. is. I And thank you for that. And thank you for, for sharing that with us because yes, equine therapy, I, I can't talk about it enough and tell people like, please get equine therapy with your organization. And like I said, it's not just human trafficking victims. It's not just sexual assault. I mean, you know, my husband's a veteran. Um, we have family members that are combat veterans and their PTSD as well. And the equine therapy, oh my gosh, what it does. Just it's incredible. Yeah. Small children with autism. Like it's just all over for mental, emotional and spiritual health and growth is it. it, I don't know how they don't do this in public schools. I know, right? Altogether, yeah, it should totally be there. Uh, Just imagine the world we'd actually have if we had those kinds of things in like school systems and the accessibility of it. Um, And I've trained with a, a few horses myself. Um, specifically training them for therapy and just being on that side of it 
with this, you know, 900 pound horse of just muscle. Right. And right. remember, I'm like four, nine and a half. So it's very entertaining. Um, just, just the optics. Um, but to even be on that side, you're, it's an amazing experience. And I'm so glad that you're able to experience that as well as your team and, you yeah. know, and your survivors. So can you give us just, um, we always give our audience an action item. Um, mm -hmm. the first one I'd like for you to give is just if they want to, from your perspective, if they want to fight, um, the good fight and prevent human trafficking, uh, or to eradicate it, what's one small action item you can give them? And then the second one is how they can support, um, untethered ministries as a whole, or Lisa Michelle, or however you want to word that. So two action items, um, one general. Okay. And then one for you guys specifically. Yeah, I think that just knowing the signs of what trafficking is, is your basic 101. So know what those signs are. Google it. Find an organization that can train you. If you if they can come in and train your staff, if they can train your business or your nonprofit, <clears throat> knowing those signs are critical and then looking for it in your community. So I live in a very small town in Texas. And if I didn't know the signs, then I wouldn't have been able to identify in my idyllic, you know, incredible small town of less than 10,000 people that nobody would ever think trafficking was happening. I would not have been able to identify many different situations that are going on, not only in businesses, but in churches mm -hmm. and um, on the streets as well. I've been able to help law enforcement with that because I see it everywhere I go now, now that I know the signs. So knowing the signs and reporting it to local authorities, local organizations, and to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. That's 888-373-7888. So you can call them and report it or a local organization. If you're in San Antonio, you can call us at 210-517-8256. Um, so that's important. And then to be able to support Untethered Ministries, you can go to untetheredministries.org, find out more about us. You can become a financial partner for just $25 a month, makes a difference in one girl's life. Um, you give as much as you want, though. I mean, it doesn't have to be 25. Um, we have businesses and churches that partner with us that starts at $100 a month. And of course, it can be whatever your budget is as well. And we need those financial partners. Financial partners are the lifeblood of what we're doing right now. Um, we're looking for other ways to partner with businesses and organizations as well. So reach out to us if you've heard this podcast and you'd like to know more about the work we're doing. We'd love to share with you. Oh, thank you for that. And do y'all have a fundraiser coming up or anything along that, or one that's going on? We're on a one. If you have okay. any uh, any ideas, let me know. <laughs> yes, ma'am. We're looking for somebody that can actually do the fundraiser for us. Okay. So where we'd be the recipient, but they actually plan out the whole thing. We, we're, we so got a small team and boots on the ground, and it would be amazing to start getting other people helping fundraise for us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we definitely will put our, our little tentacles about that for sure. Um, yeah. and Lisa, I can't wait to have you already back on. I, I like already have all these things of what we're going to talk about on the next one. Um, cause you know, <laughs> legislation for sure is going to come around. And I think it's so important for the public to understand how they can partake in that piece. Um, even in their own state, um, in their own city, in their own town. 
um, because it, it's important. They are, the public is the eyes, they are the eyes and ears of the community. Right. And so yeah. without them, we cannot fight this fight. We will still yeah. just be not even scratching the surface because we're outnumbered. And so it is so important. And the work that you've been doing with legislation and uh, Senator Cornyn and, you know, other in your own speaking, I I think it's so important for our public to hear because just like the title of your book, Unlikely Warrior, <laughs> never thought you'd be the woman that you are today with with your past and what you experienced. You are speaking to our listeners right now who feel I'm not a social worker. I don't have experience. You know, I'm not a survivor. I'm not a victim. Um, I'm not in law enforcement. I don't know this jargon. They're thinking that they cannot do anything in this fight. And you and I know that can't be further from the truth. And And they need to hear how they can participate and how they are an unlikely warrior and how they can team up with an organization like yours and how they can maybe speak life into, you know, a survivor that they never thought they'd had the words to articulate before, but they made a connection, right? We need to bring that humanity back. And I just feel that you and I, we could just talk about so many things that would help our public (laughs) Yeah, it would totally help our community uh, really join the fight. And then we're raising an army that's unbeatable. And that is our mission here at the Inhumane Podcast. So um, I can't wait to have you back on. So everyone, please go to lisamichelle.com. Dot org. org. Thank you for the correction. (laughs) Dot org. LisaMichelle.org. Correction. Can we edit that part out? Uh, LisaMichelle.org. And see all that they're doing. Reach out to her. They are a great team. Uh, They wouldn't be on this show if I haven't invested my own time and money and resources in people if they if I didn't believe in the work. And like I said, this is a true group because they they walk the walk. And I thank you for the work that you've done. Um, And we can't wait to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. Thank you for all your support, too. Means the world to me. Any any time you call me up and we're here again. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.